This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 12. I think it's Episode 13. I think we we mess up. I think it's 14. I did not change the title on this. This is 14. Okay, Episode 14. I was thinking there was something wrong with it, but welcome in to episode 14 of Banging on the Drum. We are almost coming to our our year mark. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was mid-November. So we've almost been at it for a year. So you had your um, like party back here for your engagement or whatever, right? That would have been early November. And then, or late October. No, it was November for sure. Yep, yep. So we're, then we're like, getting there. A couple of weeks after that, you contacted me, I felt like. Maybe it wasn't even that long. No, it was before that, I want to say. Because um, I remember at the party, I kind of talked to you about it a little bit. But I was like, okay. still like shy about it. So I was like, don't yeah, talk we about it loud. Yeah, we didn't want to tell anybody about it. I remember that. But we had not done anything yet either. No, we hadn't done a thing. And yeah, we didn't have a plan. We didn't have anything. We were just like, okay, let's let's go. But we'll we'll save the reminiscing for our year one unless you got something to add. Yeah, we'll have to look and figure out when it actually was, though. I want to say it was November 20th-ish. So... So All we're right. less than a month away from a year. So we've been doing it for a year. Thanks to Mike. We have not missed an episode yet. Thanks to Mike's solo episode is save out there. Yeah, but I missed an episode there too. You know, so it's not like I was perfect. Nothing like that for the year. No, I know, but I'm just saying you're the only one that I ever got on and did it all by yourself just to keep <laughs> the street alive. I, th- I thought that was important. Like I have a weird thing about about like having to do that. So that's that's what you get for growing up watching Brett Favre your whole life. You cannot miss a game. You're you're in there every week, and then we're gonna start going into some dirty business and uh, defrauding the state of Mississippi. We got to figure out how to do that. Like funnel that money into yeah, us. Yeah, just right into our podcast so that we can like really pump it up. I like that idea. Maybe we should reach out to like Brett Favre and see if we can get him to do some like speaking arrangements yeah just like come and tell his story or something like that no i I just yeah and then while we're doing this we should talk him into keep doing it but instead of sending the money to build a new gym for his daughter at uh uh, southern miss he can fund us a little bit and we can start getting some cooler stuff i like that idea i like it a lot but yeah i think i think we got a winner there so yeah, I think it's basically there's no way to fail in that in that system right there. So yeah, so we'll reach out to Brett next week, see how he's doing. But yeah, anyways, even if he gets week. put in prison, even if he gets put in prison, some prisons like have a real lenient policy on like if they can like broadcast or like have a radio station or whatever. So could be well, cool. yeah, and you you would know the ins and outs of that. I wonder if his podcast is still going. I haven't. Uh, looked for it in quite some time like i was so excited when brett Favre decided he was gonna like step back into the limelight a little bit 
because I missed him. And then I listened to his podcast and it was just all politics. I want to say like, they didn't talk in football. Pretty much a guy brought him on like a Fox news guy brought him on a podcast to get his name out there to talk his politics. And then Brett Favre just put his foot in his mouth like once a week and had to like apologize for, for something new every week. But and then he decided to defraud the homeless or whatever, whatever, hungry kids or something, something like that. Yeah, I think it was the wealth welfare fund of Mississippi. I don't know. Yeah. I did I did look into it quite a bit because I was like trying to find like a like an out, like a loophole for him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ah. I don't think I can even do it with this one, but we'll hold out faith that uh, he uh, makes up for it some some way somehow. I'm I'm sure he could, but we'll see if he will. All right, but how are you doing, Mike? So I'm doing well. Uh, family's been kind of under the weather. Last night I had a pretty rough night. Um, the boys, both boys, threw up within probably. 45 minutes of each other. So I went to bed. I was working on my bathroom, went to bed at like probably like 11:30. I lay down 15 minutes later, my son throws up. Right. So I'll go, I clean him all up 45 minutes after that. Boom. The older one throws up too. So, so this is after just, you're done at 11:30. So 11:45, yeah, so someone I'm, throws up and 1230. Someone throws up. Yeah. Right around there. Like, I don't think I'd even fallen asleep yet. Right. And just, so I'd already had kind of a long day because I was trying to work on that bathroom and then same deal. Jeez. Right on. There's some like dad superpowers for sure. I mean, I know everybody knows about it. So you, do you consistently go to bed around like 1130 midnight ish? No. So like, I'll definitely, like if I have work to do things that I need to do, I'll stay up that late. And then usually it's probably like 1030, right? 1030. And then I get up at five ish usually every day. So 1030, to five. but, but then like when we do this, it's more like 11 or 1130. And then, so that's twice a week. And then there's probably one night a week that it's, I make it to like midnight or something. <laughs> Yeah, that, dude, it doesn't involve that doesn't involve this. Yeah, I'm miserable just do on, on the days that uh, I don't get like seven to eight hours of sleep. Like I, I just can't imagine only getting six hours of sleep and being like a fully operating human being. Like I know I have friends who do it, and I remember. So I lived with uh, our Bucks correspondent Kyle for a while, and he would stay up till like one in the morning for no reason. Like I, I have no clue why he would stay up in the morning that long. And then he would still wake up at like six and I would hear him like hacking in the morning. So I would go to bed like two hours more than that. Probably. Yeah. Like around nine. No, whatever. It, maybe he didn't stay up till one yep. at the time, but I'd go to bed two hours before him and wake up an hour after him. And he would just, operate i was like dude i would be a zombie if i did that shit yeah i think maybe i am right and i just uh 
am a super high functioner if I would just go to bed and get 10 hours of sleep every night and I'd be, I'd be like Elon Musk or something like that. And no, but all those guys claim they, don't, do claim they don't sleep and like, yeah, you have this... to actually have time to do the work too. Right. Yeah. You can't. So maybe like, they'd be like, like, like even more than that. Who knows? No, I need to learn if there's like a sit, like a way you can train to do that. Like, cause I want to only get six hours of sleep and I want to <laughs> like hustle and work. But man, if I get six hours of sleep, so if it's one day, I can do it. Like I can hang like the day's not like my great day, but if I do it two days in a row, I'm just an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. So it's probably like anything else, right? So like even diets really, really hard in the first, probably like three weeks because the first week, like you're mentally there. Right. And then like week two, you're like, oh, you know, I'm craving these foods. And then the third week, like you're giving in most of the time. Oh, right? so every time, every time. Yeah. Right. So like if you can't push through the third week and like break that cycle, I think it's really tough to like change anything. Yeah. I've heard and, that. And sleeping is a habit, just like the way you eat is a habit. Yeah. Maybe I got to start trying something. I think I should just be like, I'm going to wake up at five no matter what, like no matter how late we stay up, which isn't even too late anymore now that we've been cutting our episodes from three hours right. to like an hour and a half, but, but whatever. Enough so about, the military didn't have you kind of like running on that no, attitude? Like they, they were, were real good. Like I, so on my deployments, I probably slept more than I sleep when I'm back home. But that's just because I had nothing better to do besides sleep with my time off. Like I was working 12 hours a day. And when I say working, I was like at the office 12 hours a day, like on the ready. Um, it, but I mean, at I was, that time was sleeping. No, I mean, never sleeping <laughs> at work. Like I, there was guys who did. There was guys with more important jobs than me that that would pull off sleeping. Like I remember there's. So like when we're briefing, there's three guys that go in these briefs that I would give. We get the intel guy, and then it would go to me, the weather guy, and then it would go over to this guy called the GLOW, and he was a ground liaison officer, which basically he just had a direct line to the ground force commander-ish. I, I guess I don't know how his whole setup worked. But anyways, he he would be the guy that knew the X's and O's of the battlefield of like what was going on. So like basically the most important part of the brief. And that guy would be like snoozing. And I'm like, we got a brief right now. Like his, his name was Wolf or whatever. Everyone called him Wolf. And yep. uh, and we'd be like, where the, where the fuck's Wolf? And I would have to like go. And he was like a captain, but he was like prior enlisted. So he was... He was, he was about ready to get out. So he was like mid fifties, I want to say. And I was always so scared to like shake him away, but <laughs> he was always so nice when I woke him up, but it's always awkward, uh, waking somebody up that, that would go on my list yeah. uh, for, uh, the awkward haunted house. Uh, that, yeah, there you go. That's, that would be an awkward situation. Like, what am I going to do here? Right. Yeah, but 
but yeah, no. So anyways, back to the deployment. So I wouldn't sleep at work. Probably could have pulled off taking a nap or two at work and nobody would care just because you're working over a hundred days in a row, 12 hours a day, every day. And yep. I, I would, I would break off to the gym for an hour and an hour and a half every day. So, I mean, if I was just napping during that time, I don't think there would be right. maybe people. I mean, there's a negative connotation to like sleeping on the job. So right. maybe people would care. But maybe it would be like, as long as they knew where you were, nobody gave two shits. And that's, that's usually, that's the nice thing about deployments. Like if you, as long as you're like getting your job done and you're like doing a good job, like people don't give a shit, like what you're doing on your other time. But I would yeah. be signed up for like classes and shit. So I was always like working on homework at work. So 12 yeah. hour days, I say, like, I was obligated to be there for 12 hours a day. And right. And if they needed me, they could pull me, but whatever. I, f- I forgot what we were even talking about, but you uh, yeah, just we kind of got off on a sidebar, my favorite part of the show. So, but let's r- jump into another favorite part, hot in the streets. You got anything that I do. So I, I was, my goal was to be more like Mike. So I was going to do some more football uh, relevant stuff. So Jamar Chase is going to miss four to six weeks of the season with a hip injury. I just found that out today, but did that, did that happen in the game? I guess I should have dug into that one a little bit. So I didn't hear about it in the game. I heard about it today as well. Mm-hmm. So like, maybe it was just something they were keeping on the down low and then, but all I heard was that he was going to miss time that he could go on the IR. Not that that's a did. huge loss for the Bengals. Um, yeah. They look his, pedestrian without Chase being effective, even. Not even if he's just not on the field, but if he's not effective, they look kind of whole hum. So then it jumps up to Higgins and Boyd is the top two guys there. No. Isn't there another one before Boyd? Maybe it I is Higgins know. and Boyd. It probably is. Yep. Okay. So I mean, still better receivers than the Packers currently have. Uh Oh yeah, with yep. with with those two, but that that might affect my uh, betting on the Bengals' ability. But then yeah, I gonna, might have to adjust oh. something down below in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, then we're gonna jump back to Wisconsin. So uh, David Stearns steps down. Matt Arnold steps up. And Matt Arnold there is taking over a tough job. Uh, he's got a lot of guys going to arbitration. I didn't want to write a whole article in here, but Burns being one of the guys that's going to arbitration. So it seems like there's going to be guys. Uh, the little I know about arbitration is they're going to be going there for more money. So Bur- guys like Burns are obviously, they're going to rule in favor of a Cy Young pitcher to make more money. So that's weird. Don't you think though? No. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So you're being sarcastic, but yeah, sorry. But I don't know exactly how it works. Like, I don't know if the Brewers can just offer him more money and then he'll be like, okay, I'll take that more money. Or if he's just going to keep fighting till he gets the absolute most that the arbiter will give him. I think they can get out of the arbitration years if they want. 
by offering a better contract. And he just, uh, I think most of the time they just don't accept it because teams don't offer enough, but there's gotta be young guys like, like a Bryce Harper who would have taken just boatloads of money or trout before arbitration was even up. It's arbitration probably gets them to stay. They have to stay for less anyway. Gotcha. So, right. So the well, team that, wants that, to do. that seems like a guy that would be, uh, you know, with trout and with Harper in that, like yeah. where you would just want to offer him a contract that he couldn't really refuse. So you can keep him for, keep him for longer. But yeah. Like, 10 years or whatever. Right. So sign a 10 year contract instead of a, instead of being in and out of arbitration for the next four years. Yeah. Well, or whatever hope, it is. hopefully we do something to keep Burns around. Um, but anyways, yeah, lots of guys going to arbitration that are pretty good. So that's going to take a hit on the old, uh, I want to say salary cap, but that's not what it is, but the old Brewers budget, I guess. And then we got a lot of guys, uh, Jace Peterson going to free agency, a lot more guys going to free agency. I probably should have took a few better notes on this. I know Colton Wong is on a $10 million option that I can't imagine that we pick it up, uh, pick it up just because he did not produce like I think we thought he was going to produce for us. And, you know, Keston Kira was playing some first base, playing some second base. So, I mean, we'll see how that situation puts up. But I don't think second base is like the position where you're looking – to pay a guy out the ass to, to hold him there. But anyways, a lot more free agents. So uh, Matt Arnold's going to have some work to do and we'll see what this Brewers team looks like next year. Cause it could look a lot different with all that. But anyways, just want to give a shout out to Stearns. I know lots of people are happy that he's leaving, but we'll just read uh, here. Some of the good things. So he, that he's done. So, since he took over in October of 2015, he's won 481 games, and that is only less than the Atlanta Braves and the L.A. Dodgers in that stretch, in the NL, that is. I'm sure the Astros have uh, more wins than us in that stretch and probably another AL team. But in the NL, he's third. And then franchise record four straight playoff appearances uh when he got there granted it is easier to make the playoffs but he definitely helped turn this team into a team that was happy to go 500 into a team that's not happy unless we're in the playoffs competing for a title so so say what you want about him maybe that hater move wasn't that great this year but he he definitely helped turn this team around. Uh, the Yelich deal was, I don't know, that, that'll go down in Brewers history as, you know, one of the better deals that we had ever made. I mean, we were a game away from the World Series for that one. Yeah, I mean, so, and you get two essential, like, MVP seasons out of Yelich, too. I mean, so you get one for sure because they voted him in, and that was that was the year he gets it. And the next year's numbers are better. He's leading. He probably could have got it missing an entire month of the last month of the season. Yeah. Like they could so, have yeah. voted him in. Hell of a deal there. Because um, 
again with that. So, I mean, we had, we had guys go out there and make deals. I can't remember who, um, who was like the head of baseball operations when we went and got like Granky or Sabathia. Do you remember who the Brewers, um, Yeah, I want to say Ananasio. I want to say Ananasio, but that's the owner, right? Yeah, that's the owner. Yeah, general okay. manager. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm I bad with like, when it comes to general managers, but I, I left a homie hanging there. I hate when Mike does that to me, and then I just did it to him. Uh, but anyways, like the guys who went out and got the Grankies and Spathias, like honestly, in those deals, like the. Cleveland Indians at the time got the better end of the deal. Like if you, if you look at those deals five years down the road, they made it to a world series. If you look at the Royals, when we traded cranky, you know, those guys got the better end of the deal. Definitely with what we got from Miami, we definitely got the better end of the deal on that one, but those are my hot in the streets. So Stern's out, Matt Arnold's in. Jabbar Chase is out for four to six weeks. What do you got, Mike? Yeah, so um, I can fill you in on who the Brewers GM was before Stearns. It was Doug Melvin. Oh, yeah. Who wow. really kind of changed what they were, too. Like, he was pretty good. I know that they moved on from him at some point, like, intentionally. Not that it was – that he was – I don't remember if he was actually fired, but, like, they decided – they were done with him, right, to move on to something younger as well. Um, anyway, the Eagles are traded for defensive linemen from the Bears, so the Bears are kind of, I don't know, feels like sellers at the deadline here, which they have the same record that the Packers do, which makes me not feel very good about life. But kind of surprised that the, the Bears are moving on from a guy I'm not very surprised that the Eagles are trying to push for a like like an elite level roster, right? To shore it up before the trade deadline ends. Anyway, Robert Quinn goes to the Eagles in a trade, and then the World Series is starting tomorrow. Who yeah? I I'm gonna stick with my initial pick, which was the lamest pick of all the picks, and I'm gonna stick to my initial reasoning is the quality starts that the Astros put out there. So when this uh, this MLB uh, playoff started, I went with the Astros right off the bat. I know, not too bold of a prediction. And all I did was look at the stats of what the Astros were putting up. And I was like, man, these guys are – I mean, I want to say they had at least like a 15-game lead on the whole AL so it was the best team and whatever. They're still hot. They stayed hot. Um, from what I hear about this Phillies team is they look like a team of destiny, which should make for a good series. So I'm going to say the Astros win this one in seven. I'm going to, I'm going to pull for, for a world series where I actually want to tune in to one of the games. So some wishful yeah. thinking. Right. I think I would rather the Phillies win but I'm going to say I'm going to stick to my Astros pick and I hope it goes seven. I guess I'm, I'm on board with the Phillies. I feel like that they kind of wrecked like an opportunity for the Brewers, maybe the last time they won a world series, which was like 2012, maybe something like that. I mean, 
you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and so I, I have a weird hatred for the Phillies, but I also have a hatred for the Astros. So I'm, I got nothing here. I would, if the Dodgers were there, I would have a problem. The Yankees, I'd have a problem. I don't know. Don't like those teams necessarily. So yeah, it's tough. I guess to I'm going to root for the Phillies if I, you know. Yeah, two large market teams in there that have gotten World Series in the last. Like if you have a World Series in the last 15 years, you're doing something right. Because yeah, I mean, you could look at the numbers like. In the NFL, there's got to be, like, way more. I mean, the Patriots kind of ruined it for a while, but, like, way more diversity in who's winning the championships. Where in baseball, it's like once in a blue moon when you get those small market small market teams, like, come out there and have, like, the whole, the whole uh, country cheering for one small market team, except for the large market that the, the Yankees or the yeah. Astros are in. But... Yeah, uh, I feel like the AFC in general was down to like four teams or like four quarterbacks that had won Super Bowls for a while. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it was like Brady, Roethlisberger, Manning, and uh, Flacco or something like that. Yeah, no, I guess like the Ravens, Pittsburgh, and Patriots. I'm trying to think of like other AFC teams that won it. And it would have been the, the Colts, Colts and the and Broncos. Broncos. Yeah, yep. the same quarterback. I mean, so it was, it was just like for the AFC, it was just those guys were the only ones that were ever were ever there. Yeah, it maybe it's not as too. maybe it's just not as diverse as I feel like it is. But I think when you got no, that, like you said, the Patriots kind of ruined it. Yeah, you get seven and twenty or six and twenty years. That's Pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. Do you got any more hot in the streets for us? Uh, nothing else hot in the streets for me. Not that I'm aware of. I was not engaged today with like what's going on in the world too much. So no, I uh, they reported. Them. Yeah, they reported some singer died on Twitter. Um, TMZ did. TMZ did. Apparently, the singer's not dead. Can't remember who it was though. I got nothing um, for you. My my one off hot in the street that I was going to do was uh, say anybody that's surprised by this. I don't even know how new the news is. I just heard about it today that Kanye West wore like a white lives matter to some fashion show in Paris. I mean, definitely not in our in our scope of what we look for. But my oh, no, that's part of my spicy meatball so yeah i'll lead off my spicy meatball yeah go ahead is anybody that is shocked by kanye west like doing something like this for attention blows my mind like i've been off that guy ever since he's been like on the scene you're just like he's just an attention whore and if something like this stirs you up about Kanye West, I think it says more about you than Kanye West. Like if you're looking at Kanye West to be like a role model or like a smart person that does like, I don't know what else Kanye West does. Like he makes enough money where I'm sure he donates 
a shit ton to like some charity. But if you're looking yeah. at Kanye West to be like a moral compass for your kids or for yourself, you're an absolute idiot. Like he's definitely the artist out there that sure puts out like trend setting, mind blowing, good music. I've never been like a huge fan, but I don't know. Oh, I'm not even like gold digger and like that, like that album. So, I don't know what the, that album even is, but like gold digger is just a banger for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I wasn't like the hugest fan of that song. Like I get it. Like you can, you can feel that song and whatever. Graduation was a big CD. Like when I was about to graduate, I can't remember if it came out. I want to say, it, I think I was looking at stuff today that said it came out in 2004 but I want to say it was closer to 2006 or 2007. Cause I remember like everybody had that CD in my high school. And I remember kids were even getting like tattoos. Yeah. So they had to be like, damn, I had to be damn near 18. So I want to say it came yeah. out in like 2007, 2008, but yeah, it was good. Like he like changed some stuff up. Um, I don't know. I'm not too well versed in how, <laughs> like the world of like talking about that. Like I enjoy rap a lot, but like, I know I like obscure trap rap and he did not fit my bill. So I, I enjoyed some of his songs, but as a person, like, yeah, yep. he just, he was just such like a wild off like i don't know I, i'm curious how the kids with a tattoo with his <laughs> shit on him feel about it now like it's just like a tough guy to uh fight for so yeah it, i think he's got some other fight. stuff going on i think he's got some other stuff going on too like the like ripping on jews or something like that as well like which is I like I can't figure stuff like that out. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like making anti-Semitic statements, and it's like I I don't understand. Like people are people, right? Like right. there's no here's, reason to make any bad. Here's my dumb question of the day: What does anti-Semitic like really mean? I'm I'm pretty sure that it is just like like anti-Jewish sentiment. Oh, that's weird. That that it gets like anti, I should have anti. And so I couldn't tell you that a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So you're just going to get like Nazi symbol. You just search that on your computer. The FBI is like, what's with this dude? Yeah, no, you're right though. Hostile or prejudice against Jewish people. But it's yeah, weird to me that it's like anti-Semitic is what that means. Like when I think of anti-Semitic, I think of like that star, the, like, but like the star for the the dead. star of David. Well, the star well, of David. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Or the like, or the uh, or the pentagram that's upside down. Pentagram. Yes, that's what I okay. think of more more so. Like I think of like satanic when I think of anti-Semitic, but that's probably just a me. So it, no, so I mean we're gonna get into some real weeds here, but like there's probably like an attitude towards that, that like the Christians for a very large 
part of it are the ones that are anti-Semitic, right? So that are the guys that think that the Jews are idiots because they aren't believing in Christ. And so they push that those kind of people are kind of the devil. Oh. Right? So to some extent, that's probably what's going on. And then like in the Middle East, I think that that's what um, is like Islamic people push. The people that are racist in the Middle East, that's what they're pushing is that the the Jews don't belong there and the Jews are the problem and they're the devil, right? Man. I hope we don't get clipped on any of this shit. <laughs> Good old-fashioned religion there for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, so like, and I'm not, I don't want, I'm not like a scholar or anything like that, but like people see someone that's slightly different and they decide that they need to hate them. Like whether, whether that's their like religious choices that are different or their skin color or like whatever, you know, like however they like different, like become different than somebody else. They're rich or they're poor. Like they think they're worse people because they're different than what they grow up as. Like that's how like hate stems is that you like are trained from a young age to like say these people are the enemy versus these people are the friend. Yeah. No, I mean, and yeah, religion did a good job of uh, driving some people <laughs> against each other uh, oh, back sure. in the day. And, and in even now, so, yeah. So, I mean, we did get a little spicy in there we touch a topic that we yeah. don't really <laughs> Don't really we don't understand it. and like yeah. we have no business talking about so yeah yeah all right all, all religions you're welcome we're yeah definitely welcome here like <laughs> i could care less what you choose to believe in for the most part so uh don't believe in hurting people that's my big thing if you believe in hurting people you guys can listen to some other podcast yeah all 10 of you guys listening if you believe in hurting people, I if you got a good reason, I'm cool with it. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh see Pat believes in that and I'm cool with it. Um anyway, I'll get into mine. Uh so I've started listening to a lot of Packers podcasts, maybe in the last like three or four days. So I've been listening to them a lot. And I hear everybody shitting on the actual talent of the defense and that it's not built correctly and that guys like Rashawn Gary aren't good and Alexander aren't good. Um, Darnell Savage, uh, Adrian Amos, just not good players. Um, Stokes is a guy that isn't playing well enough to – and I think that the Packers defense is super good. Right. And that we've run into a lot of like situations that not everything went perfectly for us throughout the game. We spent too much time on the field. Um, We're not like getting the breaks on turnovers that other teams might. Right. So, like, and that could be like some of the talent, like not showing up on that day. But I've heard these guys say that the team isn't built correctly to win. And I think that that's absolutely stupid. And I think the Packers defense is one of the top five in the league talent wise. And that if you get just like a couple ball bounces here or there, like 
this defense is giving up 10 points a game instead of 20 or whatever it is. And I think we've had this discussion in the past that that 21 or 22 points that we give up every week is perfectly acceptable for a defense and that your offense needs to outperform those other teams as long as you're not giving up over 23.5 is what the standard is here on this show. Yeah. No, we nailed that. We we came up with the number. We uh, put it into an algorithm, and that's what we came up with. You score 24 points and you lose, that's on your defense. You score under 23 points or under 24 points, I guess. If you score 23 points and you lose, that's on your offense. So. I like yeah, it. and I think that our I think our defense is playing mostly well, and then like they just break at times because they've been on the field way too long. And I I did look at it last time, and it was like 15 extra minutes that they were on the field versus Washington. I would like to go back and see the first six games and see where that number kind of lies. Um, I know I won't, but it would be interesting to do. Wait, so what do, what are you trying to find out here? Like time of possession on the season, like how much down we are. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say I might be able to pull it up real quick, but I think that one would be that that would be one we have to dig a little time into, which I'm not gonna do right here live on the season. Um, so if I'm giving this thing jalapenos, I think we are the most forgiving, optimistic Packer fans that uh, are willing to have a podcast. So I think your, your meatball is pretty spicy when it comes, comes to Packer fans in general, what you, what you're seeing on Twitter. Um, but I think you're right. Like, I think our defense is good. I, I don't think our defensive coordinator is good. And I'm usually not one to call out a guy like Joe Barry. This early in the season but along with him who's ever calling plays for us whether it be LaFleur or whoever uh they're not doing a good job either like because this team is built to play defense and run the ball like they're like you said yeah like we need to win the time of possession battle to win games and we have the best quarterback in probably in the game of all time. I mean, like, obviously. There's no quarterback you would rather have on your team, right? I mean, I think, I don't think. Maybe Tom Brady, but that's it. Over a stretch of time, yes. But I think you'd rather have Josh Allen. I think you'd rather have uh, Patrick Mahomes, probably Lamar Jackson right now. Uh but just Not a guy if you have Matt Lafleur. You don't want Lamar Jackson if you have Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur is unwilling to change the offense to create opportunities. Where uh, Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, is willing to actually change his offense to accommodate Lamar Jackson, right? So there's certain guys you can't deal with if you're a system, uh, a system coach, right? If you're unwilling to say all right, this is my guy's talent level. So if he was telling Josh Allen, stay in the pocket, stop running, we don't want you to get hurt. If he tells Josh Allen that, they're not that good. 
Josh Allen isn't the same quarterback that he is today without his running abilities, right? And so I think Mahomes is probably the most similar guy to Aaron Rodgers, and he would be successful staying in the pocket the majority of the time, right? But like, I don't know. I don't know if Jackson or Allen end up being like an elite level quarterback without a coach that adjusts to their skill levels. Yeah. No, I mean, but that's a thing though. Like this is what this whole season seemed like to me is comes down to just bad coaching. Um, We are fully aware. We do not have weapons really at wide receiver and we still run the ball 12 times a game in a game that we're up 14 to 10 at halftime. We ran the ball 12 times. Like it's just like mind blowingly dumb stuff like that. A hundred percent. Yep. So, and you have uh, got and like Dylan has admitted that he likes the rhythm of running, which means you should probably take Aaron Jones or Dylan, you could take Dylan right right from the jump and just give him 12 carries in the first half. Think how tired the defense gets because of that. Because that's a guy that's a load to take on, right? You're just like road grading that, road grading that, road grading that. And like, I get it. If Aaron Rodgers only throws four passes, people are going to be bitching about that too. Maybe that's the issue is that we have – a really good quarterback and really good running backs. And we want them both to have 40 touches a game. That's not going to happen. If you give a running back 35 touches in a game, your quarterback's probably only going to get 10 because the time of possession just ticks away that much faster. Yeah. The one thing, so I don't remember like early in the show, it might've been on our first show we ever put out. I think I threw, it it might've been second or third, whatever very early in the show we were trying to think of a reason or I was kind of trying to think of a reason why we don't put uh Aaron Jones and Dylan on the field at the same time I think with like what we have going on right now so we combated it in the past with hey if these guys are on the field I think we just kind of made it so it would be like an eye formation where if Dylan was playing fullback, he was going to get hit. But I don't even think that's what we need to do. I think I th- think you could have uh, – I'm trying to think. What, what's like a wingback? Like if you have Jones kind of in like a slot outside of a tight end. And yeah. so, so something like that. But with Lazard being doubtful this week, more than likely not going to play – um, what do we got? We got Dobbs. We got Watkins. Hopefully Watson plays. Like, uh, you need to get uh, both of those guys on the field at the same time. Samori Turi? Tori? Tori. Um, yeah. It, I mean, we, we need to do something different on offense. But We got Rodgers, too. Yep. Yep. Got that. Yeah. What do you I mean, no, Amari. We got Amari Rogers, right? So, uh, like, oh, okay. That's you were setting me up for that. 
So Mike, I didn't mean to, but that's what we're doing now. Okay. So anyways, Mike, I'm going to give you four, three and a half spicy meatballs. There are three and a half jalapenos just because I think we're hopeless optimists and we could most definitely be wrong, but I do think it's more of a coaching issue. But anyways, Mike typed this uh, spicy meatball for me and I'm afraid to unleash it to the world to see the uh, wrath of the 10 listeners coming to us. But uh, I'm saying, I think Amari Rogers should be a starting receiver on this Packers team. And the only reason I'm saying that, I guess, is there was like flashes last year, like where he was getting open and he was dropping balls. Obviously that deep ball last week that, I don't know. It was a tough catch, but he probably should have came down with it. But when I, when he gets the ball, he wants to do something with it. And that kind of reminds me of like a young down driver, like down driver was what, like three years in the league before, before people well, he was a sixth or seventh round pick. I mean, he was a late round pick for sure. Yeah. But I remember Favre saying, like, he thought uh, drivers should have been on the field a lot earlier. But anyways, I just think that with the way the receivers have been underperforming, that Amari Rogers should be on the field in some way, shape, or form. Um, he's had his issues in punt returning and things like that. Uh, maybe he shouldn't be doing that. Maybe we should have someone more sure-handed doing that. But I think we got to find a way to get him the ball in situations where he can make things happen. And I don't know exactly how you're going to do that. Like whether, cause I mean, it does seem like the guy drops the ball. Like he doesn't have the best hands in the world but maybe more repetitions is going to change that. Like he's in there all the time. He doesn't have to worry about coming out, like having that on the back of his mind, like, Oh, if I drop this shit, like I'm never going to see the field again. Uh, But yeah, I, I, I said it before the season started and I felt like a dipshit that like Rogers came out and said, basically said like, you know, he does what he does. He's the punt returner. Like he's not, he's not, a starting wide receiver. But I think he's not a guy who even plays, right? So he doesn't rotate in either. I think injuries have pushed him into the starting role currently. Yeah. So and and last week he looked good. So people get caught up with the dropped pass 40 yards down the field. Rogers is like on the run when he makes that throw and he puts it in his hands. And yeah, would it be nice if he catches that ball? For sure. But I didn't see other guys getting open, and I saw him getting open last week. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I can't remember the receiver. I want to say it was Adams, but it probably wasn't Adams. I don't think Adams ever really had an issue with dropping the ball. But definitely oh, so he, did. Okay, I know so guys that wanted him cut. Yeah, but and I remember that, and I was like, dude, but when he drops the ball, he's always wide open. And there's nobody else on the team that's getting that wide open. Um, I don't think Amari Rogers is quite there. Like, right. yes, he stretched the field for us and 
made whatever a leaping drop, which I will still say, I think you got to make that catch if you're an NFL receiver. I think he, I think he would say that as well, but if he makes that catch last week, there's no doubt that like Packers nation is, you know, behind him, like getting ready, getting ready for it. So, so yeah. if he's getting open, so, put him on the field. I, and like we talked about this a little on um, Tuesday or Monday, um, that that's a play that is on both guys. I think so. I think you got to catch that ball, but I think Rogers should probably throw that to the end zone and like put a lot of air under it because he's got a lot of space. It was four or five yards. He's open by when he throws the ball. You know throw it to the end zone, let him run under it. In theory, this guy's a punt returner. He should be able to catch a ball that's just high in the air. Yeah. And I think we're failing to mention. He should lose his punting job. So Yeah. And, yeah, we're failing to mention that he fumbled a punt away last week. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a love-hate relationship with that. But how many meatballs you give me, Mike? Mari Rogers should so, be starting next week. That's what I'm going to say. Maybe if we have all our guys, if we have Lazard, we have Watkins, we have Watson, we have Dobbs. Yeah, so you're saying start. Sunday. He should be starting Sunday. Yes. Because Watson, Dobbs, or Watson and um, Lazard are out, right? So we're depleted. Cobb's out for sure. Um, so I love this idea. I think the general public hates this idea. And I think it's four and a half jalapenos when we're um, looking at that because I think the general public wants Amari Rogers to get cut. I think Man, I love the way you just said jalapenos right there. You <laughs> sounded so good. Yeah. No, I uh, – and maybe it's spicy. Yeah, so I, but. I think it's super spicy in, like, Packers fandom because, one, we don't want to like him because he fucked up last year's punt returns, right? Like every every time we turn around, he's fucking something up on return and punt. And then he does it again this year. I think we want to hate him because of the punt returner he is and not give him any chances at doing the thing that he's probably actually on the team for, which is to be a wide receiver. Yeah. No, and hopefully he can make it. But, but yeah, I... I'll never get over the four and a half jalapenos. That was good. It was smooth too. It came. I tried. I was trying. Rarely am I like that loose on something like that. Like it's won't even give it a shot. Fast and loose. I like it. You ready to go, go to our newest segment or it's got a new name. If anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I I was just trying to put it like phonetically together when I when I wrote it down. So we're gonna move on to barking with the barking about the bucks. Um, well, and what since we're P dog and M dog, that's just the way we should be should be rolling. Um. Anyway, the Bucks win against the Nets, one hundred ten to ninety nine on Wednesday night, and. Uh, Giannis goes for 43, 14, and five, just dominated the game, right? So, like, he's been putting up, like, video game numbers every night so far. 
Portis got another 20, which you need that guy to step up, especially with Middleton out. Just somebody. It doesn't have to be Portis. Uh, Somebody's probably got to be that guy that puts up 20 to 25 on every random night. Um, Bucks are 3-0. What do you got for it, Pat? No, it was a great game. So Giannis didn't start out too great. Uh, I went back and watched this right before the show. So I think in the first half, he was three for 10 or something like that. But he said in a post-game interview, he's super excited about the stuff that he was trying in the offseason, where sometimes he just forgets to just do what he's dominant at. And this was definitely a game that had that case in it. Um, I don't have it up right now. Maybe I do somewhere. But like the Bucs weren't even leading at halftime. Um, obviously they're going against the Nets, like Durant's a beast. Durant put up 33 points or something like that. Uh, but yeah, Bucks go into the third quarter, uh, with, or not with, but down and yeah, then gosh, the, some noise just played, but, uh, Steve Nash gets thrown out of the game. Uh, gets his second technical. Giannis goes back to doing what he does best, uh, beats him up down low, scores 34 points in the second half. But, yeah, just just a great team. Um, after watching that game, I'm super excited to see what we're going to do because that Nets team, sure, they're kind of a bunch of head cases, but they're a good team. And Durant still had a good game, and we still came away with a pretty large margin of victory in 11 points and pretty comfortable down the stretch at the end of the game. But first half was a little shaky, I would say. Well, and I think that they had Simmons on Giannis most of the night and he's six ten, and like what he's supposed to be is an elite level defender to some extent. And the way it sounds is that Giannis kind of dominated him. Oh yeah. There's no way Simmons is anywhere near i mean he's a great defender but like not uh, who is a great defender on Giannis? because i don't have the stats pulled up right now but he's definitely scored 44 in a game 43 in this game and i want to say he scored 37 in the first game of the year so whatever that i thought is. it was 30 plus yeah like you know he's averaging damn near 40 points a game um but yeah, like you said, Portis stepped up. Holidays looking good. We don't even have Connington or Middleton. So we don't have our second best player in Middleton. And we're still smacking teams that, you know, should be there in the competition at the end in the in the Nets. So I mean, the previous game we played Houston, which whatever is not a very good like measuring stick. And, but I mean, we boat race and we did what you're supposed to do to a team like Houston. And it's when you're a team like the Bucs, it's just beat the living shit out of them and they beat the living shit out of them. And then this game, uh, after Nash got thrown out, didn't seem like it was close either. Uh, I want to say if you look at like the shooting numbers from, from the Knicks night, like the Bucs were on not the Knicks night. That's who we're playing next. Uh, from the Houston night, like the Bucks shot, like it was like 60% from the floor, 
50% from three or no, never mind. I'm not going to rattle off numbers. I don't know. But very high. Like this game, they were definitely back down to earth and yeah, still got away with a comfortable win. Yeah. I would guess that good teams, you know, make you work a little bit harder and making you work harder makes you miss more shots. You're right. So like, that's just the way things work. Yeah. But yeah, three and oh, can't complain. All right. So we will move on to the Badger preview. And Mike didn't know this before going in into the show that he gave me the Badger review. I guess that's just how we've been rolling. And the Badgers are off this week. So uh, we play Maryland next week. I think the November time 5th. Is, yeah. November 5th time, I think, is still to be determined. But so from there, we'll have a good recap or a good preview for you next week, Thursday. But from there, we are going to roll into the Packers preview with the M dog. Yep. So uh, rolling into Buffalo this weekend, take on the Bills. Uh, Bills are 11 point favorites in this game. Uh, they're wildly considered, widely considered to be the one of the best teams in the league. I think probably the best team in the league. I don't I know think if I have any doubts about that. Yeah, I'm not sure that I have any doubt that whoever they face, good possibility that they win. The Chiefs are like our two or three team in the league, and they just went in last week or two weeks ago and beat them. Uh, two weeks ago on Sunday and beat them. Uh, QB matchup. Um, Allen is a stud, and he's playing like one, right? So, like, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and he's playing like that this year. Uh, Rodgers is elite, but he is not playing like that currently. He's not completing throws, whether that's his fault, which definitely is the case on some of these throws, or whether that's a wide receiver's fault, which is also definitely the case. Uh, nothing has to be black and white. doesn't have to be the wide receivers or the quarterback entirely. They are both at fault right now for not having a good productive offense. I'll throw the head coach in there as well for not giving the ball to the next guy, Aaron Jones, enough. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon versus um, Devin Singletary and James Cook. Uh, I think the Packers, that's where their huge advantage lies, right? So if you can get up early and you can start feeding the ball to both Dylan and Jones, that's going to be a really big plus. Or you just start feeding them right from the jump. Um, the Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are way better than the two running backs that Buffalo has. Now, Buffalo's third running back, I guess, in my brain, is Josh Allen. And Josh Allen... It is better than both their actual running backs. So that could be a big piece of the defense that is tough to understand with Josh Allen and part of what makes him really, really good. Um, as far as wide receiver goes, uh, they have a very complete room. Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Isaiah McKenzie, all plus wide receivers, right? So even if they haven't like really hit their stride yet, like a Isaiah McKenzie, um, these wide receivers are are good players, right? And so we go into the Packers wide receiver room and uh, doesn't look like Lazard is going to play. Um, I I guess Watson was limited in practice, so there's a possibility that he plays. Randall Cobb is going to be out. 
we're depleted for one, and for two, we're just not as talented in the wide receiver room as they are. Um, you hope that a guy like Aaron Rodgers can overcome the lack of talent at wide receiver, but as it goes this year, just hasn't been the case. Nothing to lean on when he gets in trouble. And so right now we're struggling offensively due to the fact that we can't pass the ball the way we have in the past. Um, I think keys to a victory would be offensively, the Packers need to limit the mistakes and control the clock. Um, an early lead would make this game a lot easier, but we've had a, lo a lot of early leads in almost every game that for the season outside of maybe the Vikings game. And we've never been able to keep them and we haven't been able to like really effectively control the game. Uh, so I think you get out to an early lead, 10 points or so, you get up 10 nothing, 13 to three, somewhere in there and try to control the clock, like actively try to control the clock. And we can, we have a lot better chance of winning a game like this. And I think our defense has to do what they've kind of been doing to all these other teams, teams like the giants, the jets and uh, the Patriots. Now I know that we gave up 27 to a couple of those teams, but I think a lot of that happens late in games when we're getting run down. Like that's when we give up the majority of our points. So our offense needs to stay on the field to give our defense more time. And then like more time on the sideline, more rest. And I think we can, we can get some stops in there. So um, the defense needs assistance from the offense. The offense needs to stop making mistakes. Um, and just so you guys can go out and make a, make a good uh, couple couple hundred bucks on your hundred bucks this week. I went out and looked at the money line and it's plus 400 for the Packers to win outright. Should be like just a cakewalk. Go ahead and take it. Hell yeah. Put the mortgage down guys. You're going to be, you're going to be walking around with quite a bit more money after this week. No, but in all seriousness, <laughs> so I was watching some previews, looking at some numbers. So I think the Buffalo Bills are the number one team in like passing percentage off of play action where the Packers defense is the 28th defense versus the play action. So just things like that uh, in the deep ball department, the Bills are also right around number one, if not number one. And the Packers are not the greatest at defending the deep ball this year. Um, it's just going to be a tough win. So everything's going to have to go right for the Packers. I think the only thing I would add to Mike's, unless he did it, because for some reason ads just keep playing on my computer out of nowhere. So, so it goes silent for me. But we, we're going to have to find a way to turn the ball over. We're going to have to, we're going to have to win the turnover battle by probably two we're going to need i know mike did say we're going to need the ball to bounce our way but yeah we're we're going to need to win the turnover battle by two we're going to need devondre campbell to pick another pass off and take it to the house we're going to need to get a touchdown that is not on offense to win this game and it is going to be a very tall task uh for the packers to win this game this is the largest i want to say ever 
that Rodgers has ever been an underdog uh, since the only time in his the only time in his career he's been a double digit underdog, which is like crazy considering the fact that like his first year, I don't think there was a ton of people that had ultimate faith in him. You know? Yeah, and it's not like he. No, I guess he did grab a team that was in the NFC championship game the year before, but I do think that was one of the years. Yeah. Cause Favre's last game was the NFC championship versus, yeah. versus the giants. Uh, but I do think that was one of the years the Packers kind of like finagled their way into the NFC championship. Uh, even though know, they were, wasn't that the year that uh, Dallas was really good too. So we were the two seed. And then the Giants went in and beat Dallas. And we got the Giants at home instead. I remember the only thing I really remember, like, vividly about that season, it was like, well, whoever makes the Super Bowl on the NFC side has no chance versus the Patriots in the other side. But And then they won it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I mean, we, we, we had a home field advantage in the NFC championship game as well so i mean it's not like he took over for some scrubs like no but but yeah uh yeah first time he's ever a double digit underdog is pretty impressive but i would say that kind of goes in our favor because rogers is a guy that's aware of things like aware of legacy aware of like where the packers are right now i don't think He's very panicked either because, I mean, we've said it, like he's kind of throwing the ball, like low and away, like being very safe. Like he's always been a very safe quarterback, but he's still putting up good numbers. Um, And he's not going to be the thing that loses the game by any means. It's, yeah, it's just going to be a tall task. I, I, I don't know what to say. It's hard to say how the Packers are going to win this game if you just look at the numbers and look at what the Bills are capable of. And the Bills definitely seem like the team to beat in the whole entire league. Um, Mike referenced them going into Arrowhead as favorites and winning as favorites and covering as favorites. Like, it's... It's not going to be an easy game this weekend. So I can see it going a couple of different ways. My optimistic brain says Packers grab their nutsacks and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to man up. We're going to play this team like better than we played all season. And then I could also see a scenario as Jordan Love runs out in the third quarter because we're down by so many points that it's it's like we yeah. don't want to so Rogers like, hurt. Maybe that maybe that's the shock Rogers needs though too is like hey like we have a guy that we actually think is okay on the back I, end of this team. I don't I don't think, think that Rogers like, like thinks necessarily like that very often. Right. I think that he thinks he's the best in the league mostly because he is right but like sometimes you need just a little poke at you, like get at him a little bit. Start but, love this week. But that's not even what I would say with the 
Polk would be if, I mean, sure, if they were dumb enough to start love over Rodgers this week, yes, that would that would probably be the end of Rodgers playing in Green Bay. Just because hey, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, he might stand on it, right? Well, no, and he's like a conceptual guy. Like you'd be like, there's no way we have a better chance of winning with love in than me. I would say we would put love in because we would just like give Rogers an out. We'd be like, hey man, your thumb is kind of fucked up. Um, you know, let's rest. Let's yeah. rest the second half. Yeah, yeah, like we don't we don't have any business being in this game. Um, uh, so what do you got for a score? So I don't even want to get the score because we're going to get to it later, but I will say it. All right. My double dog's not going to be a surprise anymore. I think the Packers. Oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's already it's, it's, Go with it's it right now. Over. Go with it right now. Yeah. Double dog right now. So yeah. Put it this, out there. This, I mean, these are our picks anyway. This, this is going to be my double dog. I'm going to say the Packers win this game 34 to 33. I don't That's know how it's going to I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Do you know what the over and under in this game is 47? So yeah, I would be crushing it. I do want to revise my points, but I'm not going to. I'm going to say 34 to 33. So they're the, they're saying if it's forty seven they're saying like thirty five thirty five twenty three or so yeah a lot to a little thirty five twenty two something like that so uh, thirty four it doesn't matter like right in there right so they're saying that they're going to score thirty five points the the Bills will. Uh, so I think that the Packers are going to keep the Bills to 24, right? Which means our offense is going to have to win it. We're going to win 27-24. So the, I'm not putting my double dog on this. Um, I did consider it because I feel like I just should. Nope. Fuck it. That's my double dog. I'm in. I'm rolling with Pat. Packers are our double dog. Easy victory. Go throw your 400 bucks on it or your 100 bucks to win 400. Um, if you're taking betting advice on the Packers from Pat and myself, we would like to um, take a little note that uh, we don't think we've covered all year. So, no, it, it would be like taking life advice from uh, Kanye West if you're taking betting yeah, yeah. advice Just don't from do us. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess not even close to that because he's like, he was a billionaire before that came out, but it, it would be yeah, like I taking mean, moral advice. But that doesn't mean he's good at life. That means he's good at making money and he's good at making music. Like to be fair, he is good at making music. Yeah. I'm not going to deny him that. Yeah. All right. So we will get to our picks and we'll try to roll through these ones quick for you guys. So right off the bat, we have the Ravens at the Bucks and the Bucks for minus one. And Mike and I both picked the Bucks. Currently games 10-10, but it does look like Ravens might take the lead here in the third or fourth quarter. I don't know what what I thought I saw it was the third yet. Yeah. So so we'll see. We we're on a hot streak on Thursday night, so we want to keep it. Yeah, third quarter, 55 seconds left in the third quarter. All right, next game, 
I'm going to let Mike lead off. So we have the Broncos at the Jaguars, and the Jaguars are minus two and a half at home. What do you got? Yeah, so I'm taking the I'm taking the Broncos here. I think that I don't know why I've taken the Broncos basically every week, but I have. And Russell Wilson was working out for like four hours on the plane, so he's ready to go. Hell yeah. I, and he's a I seen some memes about that, but I didn't know if it was actually true. But uh, I so I want to say that was self-reported, right? That like he's saying this. <laughs> that he worked out for half the plane ride to Jacksonville. That is a noon game. Um with the Broncos going from mountain time to eastern time. I think it could be challenging. However, I do believe the Broncos are a better team than the Jaguars. Mike, that game's in London. For for real? Yeah. Or whatever. It's (laughs) it's overseas. Yeah, who knew? You did. Yeah. No, yeah, that that game's across the pond. But anyways, my goal this week is not to overthink. And that game yells Broncos to me. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. Uh, Next game we have is the Panthers at the Falcons. And the Falcons are minus Four and a half points. Uh, obviously, the Panthers went out there and wrecked some shit last week. I can't remember how the Falcons looked, but I like this Falcons team. I am going to say the Falcons are going to cover this one. I don't, I don't think the Panthers can repeat that performance. Yeah, so I think the uh, third grade five football Falcons might be able to beat this Panthers team, so I'm riding with the Falcons too. Nice, nice. All right, next game we have is Cardinals at the Vikings, and the Vikings are minus three and a half. Mike, what do you got? So this might be more wishful thinking out of me than it is like a real pick, but I'm taking the Cardinals, and I think the Vikings just – they have not convinced me that they are a real like super team in the NFC. Um, They're scraping by on wins that are not like really high end. Yeah, and I am just starting to like this Cardinals team more and more as we go out or as we go through the season. So I'm going to stick with the Cardinals. Cardinals played on Thursday night, so they get a little bit of extra rest going into this game. Uh, Beat the Saints 42-34 to last week, and I think the Saints and Vikings are pretty comparable as teams. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals in that game. Uh, next game we have is Raiders minus one and a half at the Saints. And I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to figure shit out. I think they're too talented to not. I know Waller's out, but I don't know. I think I think the Raiders are a good team that have kind of fell into a skid. Yeah, so I think the Raiders are kind of finding their their identity in that Josh Jacobs is a beast, right? That he is a super good football player, and they're finally starting to use him. Um, and so I'm going to roll with the Raiders here too. All right, next game we have is the Patriots minus two and a half at the Jets. What do you got, Mike? I'm taking the Pats minus two and a half. Um, and I guess this is like a big brother, little brother matchup to me. And the Patriots just 
come in and show the Jets what's up. Now, this does look like a huge trap game to me. The Patriots just lost to the Bears. The Jets, I believe, got another win last week. I don't think that they lost. Um, yeah, they beat the Broncos 16-9, to nine, I want to say. Right, Something. so like the, the Jets are just winning, like got a really good record. This yeah. looks like a like a game where like why wouldn't you take the Jets? And, the, and that's why the Patriots that, are almost a whole on the road, almost you know. It doesn't make yeah. that line doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the only thing I can see making this line that way is Brees Hall uh, being out for the season, and then them trading yeah. for Robinson off of uh, Jacksonville, and yep. Brees Hall was kind of their their. Cowbell, but that's what I said. I, I don't want to overthink it this year. Patriots just got smacked by the Bears. The Jets beat the Broncos, which for some reason I still think is a decent team. So I'm going to go with the Jets. I think I think they're going to pull this one off. I think they're never going to take the Patriots lightly. Like that's something the Jets can't do for the next 20 years is take the Patriots lightly because, like you said, it's <laughs> it's their big brother. But then. Like to oppose what I'm saying is yes, the Patriots are the Jets' big brother, and they have a hard time letting the Jets win one. But if it yep. if it's in New Jersey, I'll go with the Jets on this one. Next game we have is the Steelers at the Eagles, and the Eagles are minus 10 and a half. And I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I think the Steelers are poop. I think the Eagles are a really good team. I don't know if they're a great team. Um, but they, I mean, they, they haven't lost, you know, so they, maybe they are a great team. Yeah. So I think the Eagles are a really good team as well. I think the Steelers just figure out how to stay in games and this being a Pittsburgh, like a Pennsylvania to Pennsylvania game. I think that they feel like they need to stay in this game, right? So this is almost like a division game to them because it's in state. Yeah. Um, I think they do what they did. I forget who the Steelers were playing last week. The Dolphins. And the Dolphins, I thought, oh, the Dolphins are just going to bolt race them, right? Like, just wipe them out of the water. And they just couldn't, or they didn't, right? Yeah. I think the same thing happens here with the Eagles, is that the Steelers just stay close. Yeah, no, I, I don't hate that opinion at all. Um, Mike Tomlin's a damn good coach. So whatever, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a lot of points to be given up. So next yep. game we have is the Titans are minus two at the Texans. And who do you got, Mike? So I'm taking the Titans. I think that they roll on uh, Derrick Henry. They just feed him the ball and that gives them the opportunity to win. And I believe they will. And I, think a hundred percent that you're going to be right. And I told myself I wasn't going to overthink. This is going to be the one game where I overthink myself. And I think this is the trap of all traps this weekend. I think the Titans should be five point favorites in this game at the very least. So I'm going to go with the Texans at home and see what that does for me. I got no good reason for you other than I think it's a trap. Next game we have is oh, that's an interesting, interesting trap there. I, I like what you're saying. 
Yeah. It, that's what I was like, because the Titans just rolled the Colts, I want to say. I'm going to fact check yep. myself. Yep. 19 but, to 10. Yeah. So, so that's they did my, not score a touchdown, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's my trap of the week right there. Next game, though, we have is the Commanders at the Colts, and the Colts are minus three, and I cannot get off the Colts. All they do is lose me money, but I'm going to take the Colts. Here, I think they're going to get back to basics, run the ball. Um, Matt Ryan is no longer starting. I had the quarterback's name memorized, and now I forgot. Joe Ellinger. Ellinger. Joe yeah. Joe Ellinger. Joe. <laughs> yeah, definitely Joe Ellinger. Definitely Joe. I think it's Sam, actually. No, it's Joe. But it's definitely Samuel Joe Ellinger. Yeah, this is middle name at the very least. What do you got, Mike? I'm taking the Colts as well. Uh, they set this up as like their Hall of Fame, like or like the Ring of Honor game for the Colts, according okay. to McAfee, something like that. So the Colts, like kind of need to get a win here if you don't get a win here like they might be breaking the whole team up okay i like that i did hear that earlier in the week but i forgot until you said it i like my pick even more now so next game we have is the 49ers minus one and a half at the rams and who do you got mike so taking the niners um i think they're a better team i think that uh cmc gets pushed into the uh, lineup and like is really starting to get things rolling this weekend. So they're going to make a point of showing how, how much more dominant they are than the Rams. I'm taking the Niners. Yeah. And I think, so I'm taking the Niners as well. And I think, I just don't think the Rams are that good of a team. And I don't, I think I would put them as one of the worst teams to ever win the Super Bowl. Uh, I would have to do a little research before I would stamp them with that. But honestly, the Christian McCaffrey stuff, I think the only thing it does right now, still because it's fresh, and I could be the biggest dumbass in the world, but is you get a guy like that, you got to find a way to give him the ball. And I think that might hurt them a little bit, like in the early stages of having Christian McCaffrey. But I do, yeah, I I think the 49ers might not. At running back, it's like run behind that dude. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. Shanahan's offense is a little bit more complex than that, but if you want for a running back, it can be run behind that dude. For a wide receiver, it can be run this route, right? So you're in this package. When this play is called, just run this route. When this play is called, run that route. And you only have to get them 15 plays or whatever. Yeah, and, you and know, you're right. Shanahan just seems like, a smart dude. So he'll figure it out. Like he'll figure out a way to, you know, make everybody happy. Um, I think if you're and running McCaff back, what's that? McCaffrey graduated from Stanford. He's can't be like an idiot or he went to Stanford. Can't be a complete idiot. I mean, but his dad was an NFL player. So it's not like he's not going to get in. I, I don't think he's a dumb guy. I'm not. Gonna I don't know if like, you get into Stanford just because like, you can play football. I don't know if that's accurate. I am pretty sure it is. In the Stanford? I like think a, if you're like I think if your dad's Ivy League school. I think if your dad's Ed McCaffrey, 
there's not many schools well, I believe- that aren't going to let you come play. Like, so Northwestern doesn't. Wisconsin, I, like, if you shit the bed on all your academics, Wisconsin doesn't. All right. Yeah. No, you're you right. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, I think Stanford's – I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think Stanford's up to par like that. I'm not – I think they're probably better argue. than Wisconsin, at least. Maybe not Northwestern, but they're better than Wisconsin in terms of, like, letting athletes in. Or like worse than Wisconsin, it'd be harder to get in there. I think. Maybe I have I'm wrong. no clue. Yeah, no, I have no clue. I, I assume would... that that's it's tough to get into. Yeah, and I would assume that I don't know. So, anyways, we'll go to the next game. Next game is Giants at the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are minus three. And I forgot who was going first, so I'm going to let Mike go first. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, my boys, the Giants. Um, I think that they're actually okay. I don't know if I want to say that they're good. Um, I did predict them to win the East. That's when I thought the East was going to be a, a dumpster fire, and the East is actually pretty good. And I think I think that they keep proving that the East is pretty good. All right. I am going to go with the Seahawks. I am done doubting the Seahawks for the year. I will say – I think the Giants are an all right team, and I think the Seahawks are an all right team, and I think the game being in Seattle is is the turning point on that one. Uh, next game we got is the Packers at the Bills. The Bills are minus eleven, and we both went with the Packers, and we both are eating some double dogs. And in actual real life, I'm getting hot dogs, chili and cheese and i'm making some double dogs before the game so this i'm gonna eat the double dogs before the game don't forget your onions put the onions on there throw a little mustard on there oh such a good point yes i am gonna do that that was that was a great reminder but anyways yeah um, so i don't know if you can get a like a coney island dog right like i don't know like they make them and they're just better than regular hot dogs I, I agree with that too. And they're and like, I don't know why. And they're cheap too. Like you can, t- you can like kind of taste the cheapness of them, but there's yep. something like magical about the cheapness of their cheap ones. Like, I don't think you can go with like fun dog quite quality. Like I don't even like give fun dogs to my dogs. Like how nasty those bitches smell when you open up the package, but I got to find out like, what you're referring to with fun dogs. Oh, oh, there's man. a like. Is there's that a, there's a is that a brand? Is that a Florida brand? No, it was like back in Milwaukee. I remember um, at, there was. I needed to give my dog medicine, and I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna buy the cheapest hot dogs." And I said I wouldn't give them to my dog. I actually did give them to my dog. She loved them, <laughs> <laughs> but. I was I was skeptical about giving those hot dogs to my dogs. It was like a hot dog package that you opened and it smelled like rotten tuna. So <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant <laughs> at all. And like I'll eat like some cheap fucking hot dogs. I can't think of what the brand is here. Like like the Walmart brand for hot dogs, but like they're like 98 cents for 14 or something dumb. Yeah. No, no I think I'm getting eat. I think I'm going to go with Frank's. I think that's yep. 
That's the decent one. All right. Last yeah, game good. of the slate, the Monday night game. And we have the Bengals minus three and a half at the Browns. I want to see if that line shifted. So I'm going to let you pick first. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's a good um, call. Um, so after like our hot and streets, I'm kind of reconsidering here, but I think I'm going to stick with the Bengals. Um, it's minus three, so it did shift yeah, which a little. Makes makes me feel better about it. I think that they're going to get a win. I just don't know that they're going to like blow them out of the water anymore. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. So we had a pretty similar picking strategy this week. So we will see how it goes. Um, it looks like that means Mike's going to lose some money this week. But if you are <laughs> curious about where we are in the standing. So Mike was eight and seven that last week. So he earned 30 bing bongs. I was four and 11 last week. So I lost 810 bing bongs and Mike on the season is sitting at negative 300 bing bongs. And I am sitting at negative 1560 bing bongs. So the play will be to fade me. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how you guys do, but I, I would suggest the fade me and that's what I got for the bing bong count. Yeah. So, uh, I would suggest that Pat probably once every three or four weeks is just going to hit a heater, right? So plus six, 700. And so you just got to pick that right week to to roll with Pat. So I think yeah. that that's probably the way his whole, he's probably going to end up being down about about a thousand on the year, but every three or four weeks, he's just going to smoke one. Yeah. I know. And I, I've done one this year where I think I ended up plus seven sixty, but I'm going to yep. need to do a few of those in a row. If, if I want to get <laughs> back to even. In. He's Russell Brannion. It's either a K or a bomb. So yeah. um, you just got to find the bombs with with Pat. Uh, you got anything else, Pat, or should we just say that uh, download it on all your devices, subscribe, do your thing? Yeah, let's wrap this bitch up. So thank you all for listening. Like Mike said, download, subscribe, resubscribe. Go to uh, Podvine, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify. Just give us some downloads right now. Um, We are still working. We got things in the mix. Um, We're going to be doing some good things, I promise you guys. So hop on the train early, and we are going to take this rocket ship, and we're going to go all the way. We'll go to the troposphere for now. We'll we'll say we're going to the troposphere. We're going to do some Elon Musk stuff. Just stick the tip there. But we're going to keep we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep rolling them out. Yep, we're just going to put the tip in. And so with that, all you suckers that are doubting the Badgers, the Brewers, the Bucks, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. 
suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shows. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shows. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shows. Eat my shows.